Hello, Trees. Welcome to the Recovering Entrepreneur Show. How are you doing? Good. I'm so excited to do this with you. Oh, same here. I I think I take it a little more personally with our little co-authoring group. And it's really exciting to get to share you girls with the world because I get to enjoy you at least once a week. So it'll be an adventure and I get to share with share you with the world today. So do you mind kicking us off with a maybe a personal introduction before we get into all the fabulous things you do in business? Okay. So I am... Um... I like to say I'm like a gypsy at heart. I've got a gypsy soul. I've been given crap for the word gypsy before, but that's what I am. Like I've moved so much. My uncle jokes about like, he's got an address book for everybody and then one for me. Um, So basically I started like moving when I was 17. I moved as a young girl who was like always getting in trouble. (laughs) And then as a single mom, now I'm doing it as, as a mom and wife, and I think I've settled, knock on wood. My husband doesn't believe me, but I think we have settled in France because this is the one place that feels like home. Nice. Were you born in France? No, I was born in Canada. And so I was born in Canada, um, in Ottawa, which is the capital. My mom didn't speak French, and she called me Trace. And my dad only spoke to me in French, and he called me Therese. And wow. so that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of opened me up to cultures, but it's weird because when people say like, what's your name? I'm like, hmm, what nationality are you? <laughs> so how do, how do you present for my audience? Therese. Therese. Or however is like pronounceable. <laughs> Whatever I, I, gotta, I gotta get in that room and start working on my rolling R's. I'm, I'm yeah. 30 years out of practice of uh, French from high school or 20 years, long time anyway. Oh, we'll get you all set up. Don't worry. You'll yeah, I'm pretty excited. Before you get here. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. The trip next year will be amazing. So that that is something I want you to share with the world. I'd love for you to tell everybody what you're up to and what your vision is because it's more than just France. And you're you're just so worldly. You're like one of my worldly friends. <laughs> So, and I'm probably attracted to you because I'm a nomad too, right? Like an ex-truck driver. I just go with the flow and I can't wait to just travel and get out of this apartment when the world opens. And you've been doing a lot of that already too. That was in the car. I'm ready for the world. Yeah. We can only do so much with COVID, right? Well, we'll we'll get there. Maybe by the time we air this, everything will be back to normal. Oh God, I hope so. (laughs) That's my optimism for the day. So, uh, yeah. So tell everybody what you do and how, so it's kind of funny because we're clients of each other's, right? But tell, tell how I'm a client of yours. So I, um, I used to do language and cultural retreats, which obviously COVID did not suit whatsoever. And so I had to give it up, but I've got this huge affinity for France and I love getting people to travel And, you know, when you're excited about something, you just like, ah, you share it with everybody. And so that's what I do naturally with travel and France. And I forget, it was one of the ladies in our writing group, actually, who kind of planted the seed of, why don't you just shift your business this way? And so since we can't travel in person, I've decided to get people to travel across France 
online with me. And this is something I've been doing like in person. I used to love bringing people to France so that they could see it through my eyes. You know, I've met so many people that like, oh, Paris is so overrated and the people are rude and, and they can be, but there's like this, the shell that you have to break through. And once you have, you see things so differently, you know? And so that's what I want to share with people. And it's little details too. Like there's one of my favorite castles. Every time I bring people there, we go, we do the tour backwards because it's, it's um it's one of the most famous castles actually. It's Chenal So it's the one with like the bridge that goes over the water. Or have you seen it? No. You've probably seen it. <laughs> anyway, and you start from the bottom and you go up. And on the top floor is where she spent like the last eight years of her life in mourning. It's all black. It's all and so you see people like walk in and then walk out. <laughs> you know? So we start with the depressing stuff and then we go down. And we end off in like the kitchens and food and wine and we end off on a good note. So, so I've started this group where we are, yeah, I'm sharing like the hidden gems and the musty spots and little language tidbits and food and recipes. And I just, yeah, as much as I can share with you guys. <laughs> and so soon there's going to be cooking classes too. Oh, Wow. So that's pretty beautiful, trying to get people to have an experience online. So that really speaks to your entrepreneurial savvy. But before I even get into that, you said a couple things. Um, I love the perspective about going backwards to forwards and the experience. That's just brilliant, in my opinion. And I had this philosophy when I lived in Kansas City. It was so funny. I can remember lecturing my one of my favorite bartenders and every time I'd have company, I would take them to all these gems around Kansas City. There was, uh, you know, beautiful places to see, arboretums, if I say that right, um, parks, all kinds of stuff. There was just so many things to do. And whether it was my two-year-old cousin or my 30-year-old girlfriend or my 60-year-old uncle, there was something to do for everyone, sports. And I remember telling this bartender, and I told a lot of people in Kansas City, guys, you need to explore this like a tourist. Cause mm -hmm. I had this fresh eyes. I didn't grow up there. I didn't take these things for granted, but there was so much that the city had to offer. And, and that's what your story reminds me of. And, and you made that correlation with, um, Paris and perception. And I actually watched Emily in Paris to prepare for the trip to understand <laughs> because one of my partners is like, well, one of my partners has a little camera thing, the phone case that she has on the show. And then my friend from England is like, yeah, I lived in France. That's really what it's like. So I was like, well, what does that mean? So I watched the show and um, I don't, I don't know that I count as culturally savvy yet, but um, we'll I like you. We're going to turn you into a French person soon enough. <laughs> okay. Well, creme brulee is like one of my favorite desserts. So I'm off to a good start. Right. <laughs> so Okay. I'm sorry. I went off a little there, but I think it's really important. And I think that's what you're saying. If I'm hearing you right, you're saying you show people France from not just a tourist perspective, mm -hmm. right? Can you share a little about that? Because I've heard you say things about food and castles and like how you would imagine giving a tour through France. So can you hit on some of the highlights, the fairy, the fairy stuff? 
on <laughs> the fairy forest and stuff. Well, that's the thing. There's so many things that we just don't expect. And there's um, like, the, when I say hidden gems, okay, there's things that if you don't know what's there, you will never find it. Like in Paris, I remember there was once, like I found the most incredible cafe and it was, we went into this restaurant and saw that there was a terrace out back, went to the terrace and we had lunch. And then I kind of saw like in a doorway, there was people coming and going. And I'm just really curious. And my husband says I'm nosy. So, <laughs> so I follow up on these things. Right. And so where the people were like coming and going, cause you could tell that they weren't going home. And so I went through and there was this like gorgeous hallway that led to another courtyard, which was this exquisite cafe. That's like a whole building off of the street. Like there's no way you could get this. I don't even know if it has an address. Wow. And so these places like this, and then there's things that you don't expect. Like, you know, France, you think of like the Eiffel Tower and, you know, the Louvre and things like that. And I mean, the trip that we're taking together, we're going to the fairy forest. You know, we're going to go to like Merlin's tomb. I rented um, a chateau. So we're going to have, we're going to be our own empresses or princesses or whatever you want to call us. Cause we have our own chateau. The owners are there. Cause you know, we're, they're going to make us like breakfast and dinner when we're there and stuff like that. And so it's really an experience that you just wouldn't do as a tourist, you know? And it's not like, I don't know. I love hotels. Don't get me wrong, but um, hotels are good when you want like a weekend away, you know, but when you're going like for your case, like when you're going to take a 10 hour or an 11 hour flight or whatever the case is for you, like, holy shit, get in the culture and experience it. Yes. We did that when I went to Cambodia and Thailand this year, we actually stayed in people's houses in Cambodia the locals' houses. It was a way to give back to the economy, but they they did it as a source of income. And the house that we, the home we stayed in, there were six of us. They put six of us up in their home. We each had our own bedroom and they we couldn't even t- communicate with each other because we didn't speak the same language. So it was all um, nonverbal communication or we look at this book and share. But that, the memories, like that was one of my favorite nights. We, we crashed a Cambodian wedding and we ooh, <laughs> got immersed it. in the culture. Right. And it was so fun because they're videoing us, we're videoing them, but we're all dancing together like we've known each other forever. Mm-hmm. And, it, and I think I refer to my audience and to people as beautiful people. And I think when we get immersed in the culture, you see, I'm getting all excited too. When we get immersed, like we can see the beauty of the beautiful people, right? If we go in with our eyes open, I'm a little bit of a scaredy cat at times, like with food or things that I'm not used to. Just don't know what you're eating. (laughs) It's so much easier that way. Okay, fair enough. I have tried the escargot stuff. It's all really just about the butter, the way I can tell. Um, yeah, but for food, I learned this too. Like, I don't ask anymore because there was once um, we had a dinner and oh God, had this meat. It was so good. Like, you always hear people say it melts in your mouth. Mm-hmm. I never understood it fully until we had this meal. 
I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. What is it? Oh, it's cow tongue. I couldn't eat another bite. So I was like, screw it. I'm never going to find out again. I'm just going to enjoy. Okay. (laughs) Until after the meal. I might have to try that. I'm down with that. I totally lost my train of thought. I had another question for you. Oh, sorry. But you were talking about like dancing with all the different cultures and stuff. Well, immersing and really seeing it through a different lens. And I know I appreciate you greatly for setting it up strategically that way. And you have, you have other dreams too, right? Like I understand France is your passion, but there's a little bit more exploring that you're thinking about doing down the road, right? Oh, I want to do it all, but the, I love what you said. (laughs) I mean, I've got a huge affinity and a lot of knowledge, like in Germany and Canada and, um, but what my big, big picture, I guess is, or like my, the legacy that I want to leave or whatever, really touches on what you were saying on like all the cultures, like you guys couldn't talk and yet you had so much fun together. And it's like one of your most memorable nights because the basis is that we are all the same, you know, like it doesn't matter what color you are, religion, you are a country, any of that. It's all, we are all the same. And I think that with, with travel, not only does it like really it, you, you discover yourself, you get out of your comfort zone, you know, like you come here, you go, Oh, wow. I can actually eat like a tongue or <laughs> whatever other thing, you know, that you would never do. And you can actually like compare it. You learn about yourself like, oh, I do like this. Or, you know, you, you appreciate your own culture more. But you get to meet others and get an understanding for them. And so any fixed ideas that you have, whether it's through, you know, your education or your family or the news or whatever, it just shatters it all. And I discovered this, and this is, I'm so embarrassed to say this, but when we were in Germany, I actually found myself becoming prejudiced. Really? Because there was this, remember, I think it was like 2015, there was the whole refugee crisis. Mm. So there was all these refugees coming, and this is probably not politically correct for me to say. (laughs) I'm happy that you're being honest and that you're comfortable and it's okay. This is the real stuff. I mean, it's a show that a gambling addict is hosting. So let's there do you go. Freedom <laughs> of speech, baby. So all these refugees were coming in and I mean, somebody had to take them and it, you know, I'm like, I really felt bad for them. And I was like, Oh my God, why aren't the other countries bringing them in? But then I was, my clients were all business executives or business owners, and they paid very, very high taxes. And there's some laws in in Germany that are very, very old. Um, For instance, one of my friends, she actually divorced her husband. They still live together, but legally they were divorced because on their property, they built a new house and they wanted to give their old house to their son. But because her father was in a retirement home and they couldn't afford to pay it all, they couldn't give anything to their son. So they legally divorced. So one house was his, one was hers. You see what I mean? And so there's like these really weird laws and hoops that you have to to stay within the law. And so all these people are like, oh yeah, we have this, but the refugees are coming in, they get a smartphone, they get medical thing where we have to pay that. We were paying like over a thousand a month. Mm. medical insurance right so you're always hearing these things after a while, I was like 
oh my God, this isn't fair. And, and I started getting into this too. And then I found myself like kind of looking at them, you know, like you don't fucking belong here. And I was like, oh my God, like this isn't me. And, um, and then I ended up talking to a few of them. And one of the ones that I talked to was a doctor who didn't want to be there. Like if he could, he would have gone back home in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. His wife, his children were there. You know, he did, he walked like three months to get there. And, and then when you're talking to them, you're like, holy shit, like there's a reason. And, you know, like the, it was all kinds of things like at the schools, so now the parents were coming home with like notices saying, you know, it would be appreciated if your daughters could cover their arms and wear like longer skirts or longer shorts, you know? And I was like, well, no, they're coming to Germany. They can dress like a European. But at the same time, when you take yourself out of your reality and try to understand this other culture, can you imagine being a teenage boy that has never seen skin? Mm. And now he is sitting in a high school class with like the boobs up to here and the skirts down to there. And yeah, there's a quote by Mark Twain that travel can eradicate prejudices. I totally believe it. And that's my big, big, it's to get everybody out, whether it's in person or just, you know, traveling online with me, discover all of these cultures and why they do things, how they do them. And like really get empathy and understand it. That was wow, really <laughs> well, this hits home on so many levels. And I've had this conversation, right? I'm running an international company. Mm-hmm. So my whole staff is in the Philippines, right? And then my clients are all over the world. Yeah. And I grew up in that prejudiced environment. And I think that actually my generation is probably the last of it as far as like homegrown prejudice on the level that it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in the minority in my town. So, or in my high school, and I was treated as such, like they used to smack us with their hats, the basketball team, like there was, it, I felt it. I, I understood it. So of course I reciprocated it in my mind and I didn't know any better because um, that was what I was taught. And again, it's nobody's fault, right? It just it just perpetuates. And just recently, I was having a conversation with, with my partner and it was like, yeah, I don't, I would be missing out on so many things. And like, it started turning for me probably 25, 30 years old when I was in college as an adult and the class was so diverse. And listening to their experiences and, and you hit it on the head. Once we actually listen to the other person's perspective, we have no freaking idea what other people went through. Not, not anything, whether it's a situation as strong as yours with the refugees or my situation, just learning as we go or your coworker. We don't know We're, we are humans. I love that you pointed that out. We're all the same and we should all be operating from the heart. And I was, I was walking back this morning because I, I had, a couple conversations about this topic. And I was just counting my blessings about the people that I have in my life that I would never know if I kept my prejudices up. Oh, you know, like I, one of my really good friends, he's from Iran, Iraq. I didn't even know that Persian meant Iranian or that Persian food, you know, like, um, things like this, but 
I, I'm very intrigued by food and culture and all that stuff. But if I kept the blinders on, I would be living in such a shallow world. And I'm just, I'm very grateful that I get to have that experience and that you, you said shattered. I love shattered prejudice. Like that should be a thing. That, that was <laughs> um, So thank you. Thank you for being so candid about that because it's important. And I think in our community as online learners, as business people, we see the value in it. Like just from a business proposition, right? Like what if I said I was only going to have VAs for white people, or I was only going to have white VAs or, or whatever. And, and I'm being really extremely obnoxious right now. Like what good would that do? Right. So even if it was started on a business principle, but then we evolve into, I can't believe I'm going on this whole tangent. I'm sorry. Um, but I'm really pretty passionate about it now because I'm seeing things in such a new light. And I'm just so grateful for that. So um, I'm going to back up. I remembered what my point was. Okay. <laughs> It was way back to your membership and taking people on the tour and stuff. With this being an entrepreneurial show and the climate that it's in, I think that it's a really important call out to talk about how you pivoted, how you still get to have the energy, and then the connection. Like, can you talk a little about the connections you've made during COVID? Because I haven't, I haven't broach this on any of my interviews. Uh, but I think, I think there's, it's a pretty important topic. And if you don't mind sharing your experience, I think we would love to hear it. COVID for us was, um, was different. Um, <laughs> we almost ended up homeless actually, not in a bad sense, but we had planned to come back to France because we were living in Germany. So we wanted to come back to France. We were going to do a whole tour de France. We wanted to be in the south of France, like the Riviera, because we love it there. And um, so we'd sold the house. Everything went into storage. And three days before the final signing of the house, the borders got closed. So we couldn't say, oh, borders closed. We're going to actually keep our house for a couple, you know. <laughs> so we had to, like, find an Airbnb in our own town. And I had a couple of retreats planned, which obviously... You know, it was kind of like, okay, well, let's see. Because at first we thought it was going to last like six weeks max. Right. Um, and those ended up getting can canceled. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm kind of like in neutral. I wasn't looking to pivot right away. I was just kind of like, okay, well, you know, I, there's a lot to learn in business and stuff. And so I decided to start learning, which is how I ended up meeting you. And the whole book, like author, club, I don't even... <laughs> know how exactly we all came together other than we're I don't know I'm like we're kindred spirits in some way and somehow we just all ended up finding each other yes um and then after five weeks of like renting an Airbnb we're like this is crazy and so we have a friend here in Brittany who had um a house on the ocean it was like a and b and so we rented a room for her because she wrote us like a, a fake lease so we thought we could get across because my, my husband is German. So he was like, we have to stay in the rules. And <laughs> so we had this like year long lease so that we could cross the border. And that was so eerie. We drove for like 10 hours and didn't see a car. Mm. We actually stopped. My daughter hates this, but we stopped 
on the highway and we had a sandwich and I told my husband and son, I'm like, you got to stand in the middle of the highway with your sandwich. I can take a picture. (laughs) Chelsea's like, that's so dangerous. There's nobody here. Well, was that on the German side with the Audubon where they go a million miles an hour or was that on the France side? Uh, We were on, that's a good question. I think we had crossed, but even in Germany, like there was no, you know, by the border, there was like nobody. It was, it was weird. Yeah. And then once we got here and with like you ladies and stuff, there was one of the calls where somebody was like, oh my God, like the way that you talk about France and tell me more. And I was like, oh, oh. And here we were, this group of strangers with a calm, we didn't even know what we were writing about yet. We just somehow found each other. We were all corners of the world talking and then bing there's this idea and that was the birth of this membership group yeah that's awesome uh, we, we we didn't even know we were going to write together when we first got together i don't know if you remember the first like month or two we were just having weekly meetings just because we were kindred spirits to your point and and the book kind of evolved out of that and um and that's pretty exciting the book is going to be amazing um the the connection in our group is like magic like I don't I don't know how else to explain it to talk about the things we talk about I'm sorry let me shush go ahead tell me no well no but this has to do with this too like because you'd mentioned like how everything kind of came together and stuff and there was one of the calls where I think it was Eve was like we're kind of like the knights of the round table And it was like literally a week later where I stumbled across this forest, which is an hour and a half away from us, which is an Arthurian forest that has Lancelot, the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. And everything and everything just beautifully came full circle, you know, and then you had this idea of making it an interactive book. And now we're all going to like read our chapter in the forest. Yes. Sometimes you just have to be open. You know, yes, that's another good point. I'm so excited you're sharing. Um, <laughs> this was different. So for me, not the socialization and stuff, but the level of intimacy that we have, you know, like I picture the Yaha's sisterhood pants movie or like there's just <laughs> it's it's magical. I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. And the coincidences are monstrous and they just keep coming like to your point about the nights of the round table. Yeah. Or even on Wednesday we were talking and we were talking about the cover and um, Nene posted a picture of a boot. We were like, yeah. And then Lynette wasn't part of the call and she just chimed in. Ooh, look at these Louboutin boots that I just saw. Wow. At the time we were like, Oh, those are them. That is awesome. Mm. That is awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff like that. Again, I keep, I don't know what my problem is this morning, but I keep losing my train of thought, but I guess it's because I'm just so excited. Um, Oh, I'm going to circle back again. Like there's this alignment, right? And again, kind of focusing on the business piece of this. There's, there's another person in our group, Denise, who's very strong. She's my twin because we have the same birthday. Putting it out there that 
as a network, as a community, we shouldn't be ashamed or struggle with selling to each other. And I'm taking us down a whole different path, right? But like I said, we're both clients of each other. And if we can't serve the people that we care about, like how are we going to go out and tell strangers that we want to help and serve and do the things we do? So I'm just wondering if you have any thoughts about about that revelation, because that was something impactful to me and that, that we share and we all support and love each other. So it's, it comes naturally, but the selling to each other wasn't initially part of the conversation. And I want to stress this, it ties into connection, right? So we meet strangers online, we become friends and we become customers of each other. Like I've, I've never felt more connected than in these times to be completely honest. So yeah, what are your thoughts on selling to your friends or or what that looks like? God, the word selling used to like, oh yep. It's I still feel like a bit. Um, but now there was like a shift because it doesn't feel like selling anymore. You know, now I mean for myself anyway, like for the travels, like nobody can travel, nobody can do have these experiences you know and it's something that I'm so enthusiastic about I so love I go like down deep into detail and stuff that it's actually like a a sharing and it's kind of like okay well and you know I'm getting funded so I can like cover the gas to get to these sites or to, to do different things right and and then I realized too because there's people here that I found out never travel. Like they're in France. There's areas of France, like that interactive art gallery that I had showed you and stuff. They didn't know it existed. Wow. That don't Like you said, right? Like you don't play tourist in your own town. Definitely not in your own country. And so, you know, I'm not just serving like people that can't travel because of COVID but it's also like maybe people that can't travel because of physical disabilities or fear of flying or my father cannot come to visit me. He's got claustrophobia. He cannot go on a plane. And so when you have it from that perspective on like, oh, I'm so excited about this and I'm going to share it. It's not selling because we do it all the time too. Yes. You know, like, like, look, at I've referred so many girls to you because I'm like, oh my God, this is the best service. And I'm calm I'm like not worried about anything because I've had bad experiences with VAs and stuff too me too and you know like when you're excited about something you share it and then somebody else is getting the money whether it's a movie or a restaurant or whatever so why not do it with yourself right yeah I struggled with with the selling concept too and when I first started I I have you know a big dream about where all the funds throughout all my entrepreneurial journey will go is, is, is going to the recovery playgrounds and, and what my vision is. So what I realized when I first started, I was trying to help the gamblers, but I had this mental block where I felt like I knew that when people want to quit, it's usually because the money ran out. Something really bad happened or the money ran out. Those are the two reasons people quit gambling. So I was really struggling with selling products. Like I'll have products available, but that concept 
So I kind of tend to do more of the stuff just for free, right? Like that's just where my heart is. And then with the VAs, to your point, it doesn't feel like selling. I know all the stress I've been through this last year with trying to learn the tech and the marketing and the this and the that. It's it's overwhelming. And what was happening was I was spending all my time on learning the things and never actually getting anything done. So to your point, it's so easy to talk about the VA business now because I know that it's just a help, just like what you're doing is a big help and it it gets us excited and like, I can't wait to have a million different cheeses and like, <laughs> there's so many things I'm excited about this trip. So yeah, I, I love that point about that. And it, it's, I mean, what we're both doing to save, like you said, I mean, for your VA services, the time and the money that you save by delegating, you know, and for me, like, I mean, oh my God, you get to, you know, like I'm, so your VAs are putting everything onto the actual membership site. And so when you're a member, you can go like, oh, I want to discover Provence or Paris or you know, the, the Riviera or whatever. And then you've got like hidden gems and sites and galleries and stuff. So you've got the whole time, however long you need to travel across and go, okay, this I'm content with just seeing on my computer screen, this, I need to be there in person because you don't, people don't come to Paris or to France like once a month for a vacation. Right. Right. You can actually like plan your ideal, your ideal trip and, you know, not miss the things. I remember when I'm going to go off topic a little bit, but Italy, I always loved Italy. And I remember telling my uncle when I was in university, I think, um, no, it was in college because I used to smoke a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And I was telling my uncle because I went to Italy, I'm like, oh, you've got to go to the Medici. And this is where Savonarola was burnt at the stake. And I gave him the whole history. And then fast forward to I'm no longer a pothead. And I go to Florence with my husband and daughter. And we have an incredible time. Come home. And I'm talking to my uncle. And he's like, oh, so did you see blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? And he was like, are you kidding me? You like specifically made us go to these sites. You didn't go. And I was like, shit, I forgot they were there. Wow. That sucks. When you go somewhere and you come home and you go, oh, this thing that I've always wanted, or I would have loved and I didn't see it. Right. And so I get to help people avoid that. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You just reminded me, and I hadn't made this connection, but I don't know what I don't know. Right. Like most Mm -hmm. people. So I think the reason I enjoyed Asia so much, I didn't have to put together the itinerary. I would have never picked Angerwat. Like what's an Angerwat, which is, you know, one of the seven wonders or it's important at any rate. And I'm not a history person either. I do not like reading a history book. Like I don't like it from that perspective. So the, the two points I'm making is one is when someone else plans it for you, and you're an expert, right? So I think the experience can be better when someone else does it. Because otherwise, to your point, everybody would go see Eiffel Tower, Mona Lisa, you know, all the all the things. So there was that. And again, my brain blanked. And it's okay, because I laugh at myself so well. 
um, the planning. Oh, and the history part. That was the other piece I wanted to say, like bringing history to life is way different than reading it out of a book. And I think as we talk about visual learners and auditory learners and all the things, I know that that doesn't get me excited, but going and physically being there or, or going through your website, those those do get me excited. I can learn that way. So I appreciate that you're catering to people like me in that case. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you're kind of brilliant. All right, because I'm running a little short on time, I want to make sure, well, first I want to give you the opportunity. Is there anything, we'll make sure that all the resources to find you are posted in all the places that people will see. Um, is there anything that we haven't covered that you want to chat about? You know, when it comes to travel, like I want to talk about everything. There's health benefits. There's like everything, but no, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So here's my impromptu question. And it's only going to be impromptu. Open until- impromptu. This has been like. Yeah, well, this is really, honestly, one of the things that we've learned, and this is, you know, like we're having fun, but I do want to add value to all the entrepreneurs, right? So I keep trying to stress the points of the things that we've experienced or, you know, like the pivoting and, and all that. Um, but I, all the coaches, all the people that I learned from, they all say, be authentic. But then in the background, they're telling us all to walk like an army and do the same things, right? Like essentially we're getting the same message. I haven't really picked up on that too much. Actually, I did. But when I hear that, I kind of get FOMO because I'm like, I'm not a coach. I don't like, you know what I mean? Like everybody's doing business or something. I'm like, I'm way off here going. No, that's what makes you more special and unique. I love that. And and honestly, again, my, my dream is about a brick and mortar business. I just happen to have skill sets that I can utilize in the process. So that's kind of the way it is. But back to the original point of, I don't want to be like everybody else. If people want to learn what my journey is about, want to meet my friends, don't mind if we say shit or the F word on the air, like this is what it's about. So I like the impromptu, like this is us, right? This is no different than if they joined us on one of our Wednesday meetings. This is us. And and I'm going to take a lot of pride in that. So um, yeah. So here's my question. What is, and it doesn't have to be business. It's just, what is your favorite book? Recently, The Go-Giver. And who is that by? Uh, and I can Google it. I don't know. It's a guy. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's like, because when we were in Germany, I was doing, um, I taught English at the university. I was teaching English for business law. And it was business. And I actually got everybody to read this book too. And it's just such a, it's basically like giving first, right? Like having the right purpose and then everything falls into place. Um, and it, it's just, I had my, my students do, it wasn't my favorite book until this actually. I had my students do their final project based on the book. And so what they did was they each for Christmas, because it ended at the end of the year. And so for Christmas, they each created some sort of 
group, like a company or something that they were going to do. And so some had raised money for like a school in Africa. Some did something for a school in India. Some tried to do a free, like, you know, the book, like take a book and leave a book kind of thing. Yeah. In Germany. And they couldn't, they didn't get permission from the city hall. And so they had to get creative and stuff, but it was like this huge give back campaign. And you just saw them like change because they were in school for business on like, you know, do your research, do the marketing, do like the, and all of a sudden I just like the word shatter again. Yes. What's wanted and needed and then find out how to deliver it. And that's your product. Does, does Bob Berg sound right? Like, is there a whole collection? Go givers sell more, go giver leader. It's the red one. Okay. Yep. Then I found the right thing. This looks interesting. And that was like a girl with a car kind of thing. What kind of car do you have? Oh, it's the red one. <laughs> it's fine. I got it. Um, God, I, I love Audible. And I love this question because I get to consume and put more books on my wish list. And the Da Vinci Code. So the Vinci code, like that, the, the go-giver is new and is like business oriented kind of thing. And well, in a way of living for life, really. But, and then the Da Vinci code. Okay. Cause I love Leonardo Da Vinci and I was, my, I grew up very, very Catholic. My mom before getting married was a nun. So like I had to go to church on Sunday and I had to, and then, you know, come like high school, you're like, a total hypocrite, you know, you're sitting in church going, man, that party last night was so cool. <laughs> That's your pothead talking. <laughs> and so to protest, I actually took like world religions just to be like a little shit and go like, yeah, well, this religion. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's funny. I'm just starting to learn a little and I don't, I'm not Theology's never interested me. And again, I think it's the same way with learning. Like I had a priest on my other show, an ex-priest, a few weeks ago. And when I hear him speak about religion and his story, I mean, he's a good old boy, Irish fella. And to take us on his journey and then land at the places with the things we believe in, like meditation and connection and, and all those things... It's so intriguing to me, but to read about it, forget about it. Like, I feel like the Bible's in a different language, even though it's in English. I just can't get there. (laughs) Cause you know, there's another retreat too, right? Like, so we're doing like the fairy forest and stuff. And then this is actually a retreat that I already had. But for those of you that stay, we're going to go to the South of France because after Jesus was crucified, the apostles and stuff weren't really like very popular. So they fled and so Mary, Mary Magdalene, and Mary of Lazarus landed in the south of France. Ah. And Mary Magdalene has a cave where she spent the last 33 years of her life meditating and preaching. Wow. I mean, just don't make me leave for my cruise. It's my only request. And we're going to make perfume, too. What's that? We're going to make perfume, too. Wow. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be as worldly as you someday. I'm excited. It's a good. I just want to kidnap you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Trace, for being here. This was fun. I think we could probably talk for hours, uh, but this was this was amazing. You totally got me all charged up now. <laughs>
Get, and for anybody that is watching this, like if it's France or not France, if it's just traveling or if it's moving abroad or anything like that, like email, you know, I've got like a membership site, but I've also got a free email and I love talking about this. So and especially helping people get out of their comfort zone and just expand the horizon. So right. always available. Appreciate that. And I'm sure they will too. Thank you so much. Thank you.